all we did, the three of us, one would rotate off the dance floor, get two vodka sodas and rotate in. That's, <laughs> That's what really we what did for like three <laughs> hours. Oh my God. <laughs> it oh my was... God. Welcome to Book Talk Etc., a podcast bound to grow your TBR. I'm Tina. And I'm Renee. And this is a conversational podcast about books and more from two Midwest mood readers who are easily distracted by new releases. And today we're so excited to talk about reading and book influencing with Dennis from Scared Straight Reads. Dennis is the person behind the Bookstagram account, Scared Straight Reads, where he reviews thrillers, horror novels, and contemporary fiction. He is a wannabe comedian and a real housewives fanatic. Dennis is happily married to someone with complete opposite book tastes from him, but somehow they make it work. Dennis, welcome to Book Talk, etc. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so excited to sit down with both you and uh, Renee, and Tina. I know. Yes, I'm hey. so excited we got this together. I know. Welcome, welcome, Dennis. Um, I, I have to get over my like a little bit of fandom because I love Dennis and I've only chatted behind the scenes. I know. And we got to meet in, God, was that June? It feels like a lifetime ago. <laughs> but it, it does. Was, it does. I was like, wait, it was in June. We happened to be both in Boston at the same time, which is super random. And so, yeah, it worked out. We ended up um, hanging out and having a really good time along with Carrie from Boston Book Fanatics. So thanks so much. That was kind of where this idea was born. And I know our listeners are going to love him. If you like our recommendations, you're definitely going to love his So yeah, we're just going to chat a little bit. I also think you are the first person that we've had on that's not an author. So you are the first kind Mm -hmm. of fellow in the muck, in the muckety muck bookstagrammer with us. So we're going to, I'm excited to talk about that. I love it. I'm the OG bookstagrammer coming to hang out with you too. Mm -hmm. Love Mm -hmm. it. Oh, for sure. How are you, Renee? I am good. I'm good, good. I, I have to tell you, I had been in the biggest reading slump. I had not been able to find a book, which I mean, other people are going to be like, what is your deal? But I haven't read a book since Friday. Today is Wednesday night. (laughs) So that's a problem. A long time. That's a problem. I went through about 20 audiobook samples. Good news. I found one. So I'm actually, it's like now I'm in a good mood. I was in a grumpy mood, but then Mm -hmm. I was excited to talk to Dennis and I was excited all day about that. But then in the background, I was I was thinking, I have to find a book because it's something I always look forward to. Like, I just need that on my daily, ba- like, as a daily reward for myself. So I'm happy. Yeah. Now I'm happy all around. If I get slumpy, I get super pissed too. Yeah, like, I get annoyed. I'm like, I need to find one. And then I can't tell. I'm like, am I just being a jerk? <laughs> Or is this a bad book? <laughs> like, I cannot tell what, what's the difference. And I mean, it happens. You, though, I will say, Dennis, are so, so good at getting to books early before mm-hmm. publication date. So I feel like with that, I imagine you don't have a lot of people to vet it for you. So you have to go through a lot. It's tough. It actually really is tough. I've started this month, actually, to pick up some newer releases that have mm-hmm. already been published because my July was such a hot mess. Like I really didn't like so many books and a lot of them are, you know, like upcoming reads. And I just had trouble connecting with most of my reads this month. A lot of them were just like middle of the way, three-star reads. Mm -hmm. And I just was like bored as hell. So I'm like, you know what? I'm seeing other bookstagrammers and Goodreads reviewers that I really respect. And I'm like, okay, you know, they liked it. I never requested the book. They didn't give it to me, but you know what? I'm going to check it out because I need to get myself in a better mindset because July sucked. So, <laughs> right. So, so you like, got to re- turn things around. So I need to turn it around. Hopefully the ship is not sinking anymore, but we'll see. Do you, Dennis, do you ever go to backlist? So I always suffer from FOMO or like wanting to read it first. So I try to read the new releases. Plus I feel like with thrillers, each thriller that comes out is always going to try to be twistier than the last. So if you mm-hmm. read something that's new and then you go back, it's kind of like been there, done that already. Tina actually recommended a book recently that I read that she loved. And I was like, meh. Which one is that? Oh, Perfect Days. <laughs> yeah, I was kind of like meh about it. Wow. But it's wow. because it reminded me wow. of another book. Which one? Perfect Days kind of reminded me of Best Day Ever by Kyra Rhoda, which I loved, which now if you didn't read Best Day Ever, it kind of ruins the whole story. So sorry, guys. But, you know, because... <laughs> It's very similar. So, well, now I'm going to have to read Best Day Ever. I feel like I would like it if I like it. I loved one, it. You know, I loved it. But okay. because I read it already, I'm kind of like, eh. 
you, you know? saw it. You saw, so it, saw it. You like I you saw, saw it kind of coming. Um, mm-hmm. I will say it wasn't a bad read by any means, but it was just you know because it was just okay. I've, I've already seen it like that happen, so it's tough. Oh, I mean, that's point. kind of like like Ruth Ware's new book is very much uh, in my dreams. I hold a knife by Ashley Winstead, uh-huh. so it's kind of like uh, you know. So it's like it's hard. So for me, I try not to do backlist, but at the same time, you know, who knows? I'm a mood reader. Like I'm reading a book now yeah. that you know I just decided today to read, but I had like a whole game plan for things like for the month and then just sidetracked. So who knows? I know it's already the, it's the third mm-hmm. and we've already like thrown away our TBR list. Uh-huh. Like that's just how it goes. Exactly. You know? exactly. Exactly. Well, let's kick things off how we always do. We're going to talk about what we've been loving lately. And Dennis, I'm going to turn it to you first. What is your loving lately? What I'm loving lately is this show on Peacock called Ultimate Girls Trip, the ex-wives club. Yes. I think the casting on that was perfect. I love Brandy. I feel like when I get drunk, I'm like Brandy. And mm-hmm. I did a live Instagram live with Dorinda over the summer of last year. She actually told me prior to that live not to mention the show because not I guess to mention Ultimate Girls Trip because it was right before they were going to start <gasps> filming and like oh my God. on. So like I kind of oh. knew beforehand. So anyway, so I really like it. I feel like it's a bunch of hot mess, but it's also really entertaining. I love the Real Housewives. So for me, like it was just like a you know an early birthday present. So mm-hmm. I really enjoyed that. I'm also enjoying the Resident Evil show on Netflix and also Uncoupled on Netflix. They're both, you know, I'm assuming limited series. Yeah. I like it. I think Uncoupled is very, you know, cute and funny. Um, It goes on the verge of, is this a show for straight people to kind of like stereotype gay people a little bit? But I'm I'm into it. And then Mm -hmm. Resident Evil, I'm like a secret like sci-fi nerd with that. So there's like this limited series on Netflix now. It's kind of like showing like the history of that that video game and like making it into a show. And I really am into that as well. I can't believe that you find time to watch television and also read all these books. Mm -hmm. I work from home. Hey. Oh, there you go. (laughs) That'll do it. Take away your commute. Like I totally get that. Okay, cool. cool. I mean, and I can put TV on while I'm working. Yeah, yeah. I have my Kindle. So if I have breaks, you know, I'm going to go on my phone. So it's definitely helped. And I also, when I watch shows like Uncoupled or Ultimate Girls Trip, I can read during them because it's kind of like brainless a little bit. So I can like, oh I can kind of focus on the show. And if I feel like I missed it, I will go back. But got then, it. You know, okay. Now I we know leave. your secret. Oh, yeah, it, yes. it helps. Okay. I will jump in with my loving lately. I'm back to product this week and I am bringing my favorite lip gloss. It is by Buxom, B U X O M. It is their plumping lip polish gloss. And my shade is Gabby. And that's really my favorite one. I've reordered it a million times. It's kind of a a shiny, not super shiny, but shimmering, rich plum brown sugar. Now, Buxom's plumping lip gloss, because they have several, but this one touts plumping ability. I'm not sure about that, but I love it anyway. <laughs> Does it burn? No, no. It okay. slightly tingles, but it's it's nothing... You really, it just kind of tingles, but I love it. It actually stays on. I'm not a lipstick wearer, so this is what I love. And I love the shade. I have a couple others, but this is my favorite. So very easy. I highly recommend it. Like I said, it does stay on through, um, I don't know, like not crazy eating and drinking, but it'll stay. It out. It'll stay. I, I don't know. I, I can't say I tested it out on that. Okay. <laughs> no, uh, probably not. I'm going to say no. It probably wouldn't, Tina. <laughs> All right. That was Buxom's Full on Plumping Lip Gloss. Excellent. And if I have to pick my favorite lip gloss, it's Rihanna's Fenty Gloss Bomb. Like, that's my favorite one. That's the one I wear. Dennis, do you have a favorite lip gloss or? You're all set. Um, I don't have a favorite lip gloss, but I have been really going into some really good skincare things right now. So I use this like CBD company called Mask Skincare, and this is not sponsored Ooh. at all. I do have a friend that works there, but it's not sponsored. And um, it's CB infused um, under eye stuff and all that really interesting stuff. And honestly, like I put it on the other day before going into the office, and I'm like, I felt like I was like five years younger for a minute, and then obviously mm-hmm. it dried, and then. It, you know, normal person again, but um, <laughs> right. I love that. And then 
I've also really been enjoying Botox. So, so I haven't, I have never been, but I'm not above it. I'm going to, so I get it around my eyes. I get it right here. Mm-hmm. Um, I, on my crow's feet. Sorry. Cause like, people can't see what I'm saying. I get it around my crow's feet and that's one thing for me. Like I don't care about forehead. I don't anything else just around my eyes. It, Got it. it makes me look a little bit younger, but still like an adult. So. Got it. I love that. Okay. Well, sharing trade secrets here. My Loving Lately is book related. It's very simple. But I, again, I try to bring things that I genuinely have been using nonstop. And I have fallen in love with Pango books. I feel like I'm like the last horse to cross the finish line. Everybody I know, well, not everybody, but I know a lot of people are on it. But I have been obsessed with it. So I'm moving. We're moving. And I have a lot of books, like a lot of books. And so I decided, okay, I got to thin the herd a little bit. And somebody recommend a couple people actually recommended this to me. And Pango Books, if you're not familiar, it's basically they call themselves a social marketplace for readers to buy and sell books and connect with one another. And I've used it both as a seller as well as a buyer because I can't help myself. Of course, I've already purchased two books from there, even though I'm moving anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it's silly, but I like it. It's super easy to use on both sides. And I like that I can list books whenever. People can follow my store. You can add books to a wish list. What I don't like is some of the shipping is funny. Like, anyway, it's a whole thing. I could like go on and on about this. No one really cares. I have a gripe with their QR codes that I've been in contact with them about. (laughs) But I also don't like that they get a cut of my sale. However, you are paying for the convenience. I totally get it. And it's really, really fast. Once you get a sale, you literally print that shipping label. I send it off to the post office and whatever. So it's really simple. I just purchased, like, this is how obsessed I've gotten. I purchased this little label maker. Like, it's like a little baby printer that prints off. It's basically to print off labels for shipping. Why I didn't just purchase, like, an actual printer, I'll never know. But this thing is really cute and super easy. So we can link to that, too. And then also, if you sell books, I like that you can either just cash out or use them as Pango bucks and then buy more books with it. Doesn't really like. I shouldn't be doing that. (laughs) That's how they get you. you. I know, and I'm like the biggest sucker because I'm like, yep, gonna use that (laughs) anyway. I I really enjoy it. We'll link my store if that's okay with Renee, and Mm -hmm. I will continue to add even after we move. It's been really fun. This is Pango Books, and that's not sponsored either. Although, if they want to sponsor us, like, hit me up. They've really (laughs) blown up in the last couple of weeks. I saw that they are now they're hiring for more employees. I feel like every bookstagrammer besides me has one account. But here's the thing. I don't want to deal with mailing. Like, I'm just done with it. I do giveaways and I'm done with that. Like, for me, I'm just too lazy. But the secret is I've been using my Amex points to buy the books now. So it doesn't act like I'm paying for anything. But my husband doesn't Mm -hmm. know about that. So we'll keep that between us. Right. Well, (laughs) he won't listen. No. We'll be fine. fine. So just us girls. Just us girls. Exactly. (laughs) All right. So what was so fun about this? Like we were mentioning earlier, we have all been on Instagram now talking books for quite a while. And we wanted to bring you on. You were kind enough to say, hey, I'll come on. But also we genuinely, we don't have a ton of guests. And when we do, it's people that we really enjoy their podcasts, their books, or what have you. You've been one of our top recommendation sources for as long as you've been doing this. And and I'm not just saying this because you're here, but what I love from you is that you'll give it an authentic review. Even if I don't agree with you, like on Perfect Days, which was a great book, I can trust (laughs) that you're going to give us solid recommendations and why it worked or why it didn't work. So I always really appreciate that. Yes. I appreciate that. Sometimes when it's a three-star review, I'll I'll just be like, meh, you know, and then that's my review. And I've done that before. So like, it's usually if I have strong opinions. So I appreciate that. That's when you like detail. I'm like, eh. Yeah. No, yeah. So I really wanted to come here. I saw that, like, you know, I've been following your podcast and, you know, I really wanted to talk to you guys about, you know, Bookstagram, um, Book Talk, like all that mm-hmm. stuff. I want to hear your opinions about it too. So let's fire sure. away some questions and we can get into some deep thoughts about it. Tell us quick how you got started talking about books on Instagram. Sure. So I started looking up things on Goodreads, just trying to find some books to read. What happened was, my husband and I, we were going through this time in our relationship. We were not engaged yet. Um, it was January, around January or February of 2017. And I live in New York City. And there's not much to do after work besides happy hour. And mm-hmm. I was going to happy hour all the freaking time. Like all the time. Like twice a week. To the point that it was like, oh, it's midnight or 2 a.m. I'm like, oh, I'll just deal with it tomorrow. And like, 
you know, I was getting older. So for me, you know, it was not turning out as well in terms of handling the next day. So I remember my husband basically told me, he was like, you know, you should think of getting a hobby. <laughs> like, <laughs> don't, you have, don't you have any hobbies? And I'm like, well, I do like to read. And he's like, yeah, but like, really, can you like read a book, like do one a month or something like that? Like, think of what you enjoy doing besides watching the Real Housewives and drinking vodka sodas at a gay bar. So it's like, <laughs> I'm like, okay, sure. I'll think about it. And I'm like, you know, I want to read. So I haven't read any Gillian Flynn books or anything like that. So like On Girl was already out and all that stuff. So I'm like, you know, I'll read her books because I heard that they're really good. So I read them and, you know, I thought they were good. And I'm like on Goodreads and I'm, you know, trying to figure out like, what's my next read? And my boss sat next to me at work and she was like, you know, I always go to Goodreads for my reviews. You should put reviews on there. You know, we it's a cute community. Like she said cute. Like she didn't know how big it was. She's like, it's a cute <laughs> community. And you know, you can find books that way. And I remember going on there and seeing Chelsea from Suspense Thrill on Goodreads. And she is just like a celebrity on there. And I just remember seeing her on every review that I, of her books that I wanted to read. And I just remember being like, oh my God, she's so freaking cool. I bet she is like this big t- time person here. I want to be like her. And I have a friend who has a food Instagram and she's like, you should just make a one for books. Like, I'm sure there's something there. There wasn't really when I started. There was only a few accounts. Excuse me. Um, I mean, right? There two of like, us. We were here. Yeah, but like, when, right? Around that time, it, it was, was a not much smaller community. It was very, like, yeah, I would much say smaller. maybe like 100 accounts, maybe yeah. a little bit more. It was not big. It was very small. And so I made an account, but it was really just for me to track my progress. And then I started realizing, oh, wow, this is like actually cool. And, you know, I started making friendships and, you know, Chelsea took me under her wing and you know, set me up on her blog. And that's when I realized, oh, wait, I can get free shit too. Like, I didn't even know that existed. So (laughs) I'm like, okay, cool. And then she told me like how to work in publishers. And she really kind of like took me under her wing and made me her apprentice. And then I like branded my Instagram account to what it is today. And that's when I Mm -hmm. really started my bookstagram. So people who followed me back when I first started probably saw the progression of my account from being like a just a small little like random like book once a month posting to now being like in your face annoying all the time me. So, <laughs> you know, there has been definitely a progression in the years. So like that's kind of how my story started. I love that origin story, by the way. Like, please get a hobby other than Real Housewives and Vodka Soda. Like, fair enough, you know. At a gay I, bar I think... too. I would never go to straight bars. I'm, I was, I'm a bad <laughs> hetero ally. Like, you know, anti-straight. So <laughs> whatever. <laughs> I remember when you started, Dennis, you reviewed a lot of thrillers. And so I was like, oh, I'm going to like following him for sure. And you've stuck, you've really stuck with that. Like as far as you being on kind of the cutting edge of like what's new in the, in the thriller world and the mysteries. And yeah, I mean, I think you bring in a little bit more like sci-fi occasionally, maybe some fantasy, but mysteries and thrillers are Oh, you're a go-to. So I I have self-diagnosed ADHD. And for me, like thrillers are the only thing that keeps my attention. Same thing with mm. TV too. Like I like romantic comedies and all that stuff too, but I really love horror movies. And everyone's always like, why the hell do you love horror movies so much? And I'm like, because I'm not going to pay attention otherwise. I need to be mm. on the edge of my seat. So thrillers do that for me. And so I just know that it will still capture my attention. I've tried to break it out. And some have failed. And then I trash the book and I feel terrible for a minute. And then I'm over it. And then <laughs> some books have worked. There have been books that have gotten me out of, you know, a thriller fest, if you want to say. And they've actually got me to try new things. So, you know, you never know. You never know. Mm-hmm. But I'm yeah. apprehensive. Well, I get that, too. It's like so easy, I think, to find what you like, stick with it. And then it's hard, too, for me when I'm reading something that's not in my comfort zone to tell if it's a good book, just not my genre, or if it's just not a good book, period. So that's why I think, though, with the podcast, I've we've kind of forced ourselves to branch out a little bit more. And it's been good. And now I'm sad because I feel like I'm off thrillers. Like, I, I haven't read a thriller, like a real mystery thriller, suspense, whatever you want to call it, that's really gotten me in some time. Well, you just said something that resonated with me was that you know, you can't determine if it's something that you don't like that doesn't work with you or it's just a bad book. 
with mm-hmm. non-thriller books, I will do that for every uh, review I do. So I'll go through it. Like if it's a sci-fi book or a fantasy book and I didn't like it, I'll bump it up an additional star. Even if I think it's a two, I'll give it a three because mm-hmm. I'm like, it's not working for me, but I know that somebody like, I know that the audience is there for it. So I'm not going to give yeah. a book that I know is probably good. It's just not for me. That makes sense. And like, I can tell, I, I also try and keep that in mind. I find like when I'm re- reading and now like I'm always editing in my head, my review, like, okay, who am I going to recommend this book to? Who is this book written for? And I think the more that you've like been talking books online, that kind of comes with the territory. What's your favorite part of talking about books on the internet? I just like to talk about books with like-minded people because mm-hmm. most of my friends aren't big readers. And even though my husband would claim he's a big reader, he's been reading the same book for like three months. <laughs> and, you know, I just, it's really nice to have a community to talk about books. That's yeah. really it. Whether I agree or not, like it, this community has become a second family to me. And, yeah. you know, I remember during the beginning of the pandemic, like we've all went through it and, you know, Bookstagram really was like a home for me when I really needed it. And, you know, that's really where my favorite part of this community comes from. You know, it's a second family. And I think my friends used to make fun of it with me. They'd be like, oh, look at him. He has all these online twins. And now it's like they really understand, like, the need for me being in this community, you know? Yeah. So I think that's my favorite part. It doesn't even matter really about books. It's about, you know, having a community that, you know, kind of Mm -hmm. can understand each other. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That was literally a part of when Renee and I first started this podcast that we we outlined some of our favorite things about being book influencers. What do we like? What do we want to cultivate? And it is that sense of community. It is that finding like-minded people or, you know, different people to talk books with and to like expand your recommendation sources, expand your reading tastes with it. Mm-hmm. Well, there's nothing better than being able to pop on something, whether it's Bookstagram or Facebook, but really, I mean, Discord for us, but also Bookstagram. And there is always someone willing to talk about books. Always. I mean, it doesn't matter. You can comment, you can send someone a DM, but there is always someone who wants to talk about books. And that's crazy, but also that's fun for people that may not have that in their real lives. I know Renee and I have a lot of thoughts about this. Tell us, what do you think is the future of Bookstagram? Is it book talk or is it something <laughs> totally different? Is it reels? I mean, what do you see it turning into? So I have TikTok that actually has a good amount of followers, but unrelated to Bookstagram. I posted my engagement video, so it ended up getting me a lot of traction. So I ended up going on there and finding some book talkers that I respect, but I never agree with any of their opinions ever, 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 ever. <laughs> Not one book, not one book talker has ever given me a recommendation that I like, but I respect them. Now, when it comes to Bookstagram, I like Bookstagram because it's static. I don't like reels. I posted a reel a couple months ago purposely, and it was like the dumbest reel ever. And I did it on purpose to see if the algorithm would bump me up, and it massively did. Mm-hmm, and, you know, I think that's a shame. I don't know if Instagram, if they continue to go this route, what's going to happen with Bookstagram, honestly, because I've seen a lot of bigger accounts, just kind of like accounts that you would want reviews from kind of just stop doing it. And, you know, I've taken a step back too, in a, in a sense of like, you know, giveaway posts are doing a lot better than my review posts. Nobody really cares to see it anymore, but that's not true. It's the algorithm. So mm-hmm. a lot of the times what I'll do is I'll save my reviews and my stories, my story highlights. And that has been known to be instrumental. So a lot of people will reach out after like a month or two when they click my story highlight and then they'll respond to that, not realizing it was like two months ago. Oh. And then they'll send me a message and they'll be like, thank you so much for saving these here. I think that is where it's going to be more of a thing where stories and you know that kind of stuff and non-static feeds are going to be mm-hmm. a thing of the past. Do I think reels are going to stay? Yes. Do I think mm-hmm. Bookstagram is going to thrive on reels? I don't know. I think maybe it'll make Bookstagram a smaller community, but each person that is actually actively doing it is going to be more instrumental. Who knows? I, yeah. I want to see how Instagram continues to do these rollouts. I don't agree with these rollouts. It kind of reminds me of like MySpace when it was trying to be Facebook um, and flop. <gasps> yes. I'm dating myself yeah. now, but like MySpace did a lot of changes <laughs> no. to be Facebook and it flopped and was a big joke on Tom Anderson's life. So, right. you know, <laughs> I think that, you know, if Instagram continues to do this, like, that guy that always tells us the update is going to get, you know, 
in, in you know, deep doo-doo. So, he's going to be, he's going to be Tom. He's, he's going to be the be new Tom. Tom. Like he's what happened to that Tom. guy? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. No, I'm I can't believe Tom's not on a reality show or something like one of those like celeb reality shows, like surreal life or like celebrity big brother. Like he should be on them, right? Like, Where is like, Tom? Yeah. Does it, did he, he exist? I, is he real? Yeah, I think I he's know. real. Renee, do you know who Tom is? No, I don't even know who you guys are talking about. <laughs> I'm just listening. <laughs> I love you. Yeah, it was a my it was a um like a I guess I don't know. He was everybody anyway. He was well, like the we'll quote unquote that. creator of MySpace and he yeah. was everyone's first friend and he had a picture like it looked like he was in a classroom with his thumbs up and he was like Smiling creepily on the side. And he, he we just like, got a reenactment. He was like the person that would just tell you all the updates. And my, MySpace was like the first social networking, really popular platform. I remember going to college and being like, oh, I need to download Facebook because that's what everyone's doing. And Facebook yeah. started getting traction. And then MySpace started changing into Facebook. And I think MySpace still exists, but it really took oh, a nose. I hope not. I hope my page doesn't still exist <laughs> oh, <my God>. <laughs> in the depths of the internet somewhere. Dear God, I'm with you though. I love reviews. Like I'm always happy when I see someone's reviewing a book, but I find that it's very hard to find them these days. It's hard to like uncover. Like I know there's people that I like that do certain reviews, but I'm like, they don't show up on my feed anymore. So I have to sometimes seek them out. Like, Hey, did this person read this book? Or like, mm-hmm. I know I like this reviewer. What have they been reading lately? So I can get some ideas. Well, that's yeah. an interesting point because both of you, I have as close friends on my Instagram and Tina, you've never come up on my page ever. Oh, great. Ever. Thanks. So, Wonderful. <laughs> but as close friends, you would think that like, I you would pr- think that you, you could. Think. Yeah. So right. I think there's that option of now doing like, you can only see the people that you do click that yeah. to, which I haven't mm-hmm. figured out how to use yet. But like, that's the thing that drives me nuts. I'm like, if I put someone as a close friend, they should be coming up on my feed. It makes sense. On your page. Yeah. Where are you at yeah. with bookstagram, Renee? I, you know, I can't keep up, honestly. Like I, I still like it, but I don't know. I personally have a hard time posting regularly just because we're busy doing a lot of stuff behind the scenes for the podcast and, and our Facebook and our discord. And I have a hard time keeping up with Instagram. Now I have a ton of books that I've talked about on the podcast, but they're not making it to Instagram. So I don't know. I did my very first reel on Friday, just and to, I messaged Tina. I was like, oh my God, I made a reel. And I wink, I just yeah. literally was sitting out back and I'm like, I'm going to see if I can even figure this out. To me, it just, it seems too complicated. Although I did it and figured it out and it was fine. I don't understand why Instagram is pushing it. It's really, yeah. it's, I don't get it. I mean, if we have to do that, my, I'm wondering as creators of content, what Dennis said I'd be all for is is just putting all my stuff in stories. Yeah, that's actually brilliant. I, I mean, I, I feel like that's that. so easy and quick. And if anyone is interested, even in, you know, interacting, they can DM, but it goes up into a story and it's fast and easy and it can be whatever. And I don't know, it feels like that might be faster and easier. Uh, what do you, I don't mm-hmm. know. Do you guys agree or what do you think? I think it's tough to make videos. I like the challenge now and again. So I'll make a reel here and there. I, I make some TikToks and it's fun. It's a different challenge, but it's a very different beast than Instagram. Like it's a very different thing. Instagram, I care about people's captions and what they have to say. I'm not like necessarily here for the like beautiful photography. I want to know what they thought about the book. And with the reels it, and video content, it's so much different. It's moving. It's not static. I'm like, what am I looking at? What am I trying? Like, what am I getting from this post? Sometimes it's a person like doing a review, which I like those. But yeah, I think it is transitioning and it's a completely different beast and I don't know where I land. It takes up a lot of time. It's actually quite tough to make videos. It's not, maybe I'm old. Maybe, maybe that's well, the, I you know what I mean? Like, well, I'll I mean, tell you right now. Yeah. That that's, the gen- that's the generation gap, you know? I'll tell you right now that I will not do a reel unless I'm getting paid for it. So end of story, like it's too much work. I'm not doing it. However, I what if I really want to do a reel, I'll do a reel. But I'm not doing it. I hear you. But you're not doing it. it for like, mm-hmm. So I remember- couple weeks ago, I was trying to do a reel for Ashley Winstead's new book, The Last Housewife, because I love that book. There was like this sound link that's um, trending sound at the time is like a firework where it goes like, and then it goes, boom, right? Mm-hmm. So I wanted to do something where like the book punched me in the face. And 
Nate walked in and he sees it and he was like, oh my God, you're one of those people that's trying to fit in with Gen Z. Oh my God. <laughs> and I'm like, you're right. Oh my God. I can't do this anymore. Yeah. I can't. Oh my God. And that was like the last time I tried to do a reel. And it was so embarrassing because like, then I showed, looked at the video and my shirt went up. And my stomach just like flobbed all over. It was like it was. <laughs> oh, I'm sure it was like <laughs> so. So <laughs> you're I'm, like, I can't. I'm good. I'm I'm good with reels for a while. So I don't. Yeah, know. yeah. Well, okay. So we're kind of and and I think Dennis and I are just having like a come to Jesus moment where we're like, huh, we're not the generation to make reels. So we'll we'll process this later. We took the question. You know, we we let our patrons know that we were going to be talking about book influencing, and they had some great questions. This one. I really want to know what y'all think about this. When an author makes poor decisions publicly that are controversial, should an influencer consider these choices when pushing or recommending their book? I think when you're reading a book and afterwards the author has been problematic or done something that, you know, has been controversial, you can still love the book. You know, I loved Woman in the Window. I gave it five stars. Do I recommend the author? No, but well, I will say that I love the book. When it comes to picking up a book and knowing beforehand that the author has done problematic things. I think that comes into a different perspective. You know, there's been some authors that have done some really dark and, you know, kind of messed up things that, you know, I have caught after I've gotten the book and, you know, I won't read it. I just donate it to the library. You know, people can pick and choose what they want. For me, I, I can't go there. Um, Yeah. You can't separate the art from the artist sometimes. Mm -hmm. Yes. It definitely influences me as far as not only if they have done something controversial or problematic it doesn't even have to be that but as we know there have been authors that come after reviewers that yeah and even if it's that which a lot of people are never going to know about but we do and i won't read the book once i know about it i won't read the book and I will I will no longer promote that author on any of my platforms or on the podcast now. And it's unfortunate because it seems to be happening more than usual, even for just authors to come after reviewers in comments and DMs. And um, yeah, I just, I won't. So it definitely, yeah. it, it takes it off the table for me. I if I've already read the book and I find out before I've promoted the book, then I won't promote the book. I'm the same. And, you know, sometimes we get books early, so we don't know. Right. <laughs> Things don't always come to light until after we've already read them. I have a book that I love this year that I'm not sharing anymore because um, this particular author came out of pocket and said some things to some reviewers that I thought was just disrespectful. And I'm like, you know what? I'm all set. Like, I don't need to have that in my lists anymore. And and I'm not saying forever will I never speak or think of this mm-hmm. author again. But for now, I'm not going to be promoting um, books, especially if they are disrespectful to other reviewers. We're not here getting paid by and large. We are here because we love books and we love reading and we're readers. And mm-hmm. so whenever you know, authors. And I I understand, gosh, it has to be so hard to have your work just picked apart and, and, you know, constructively criticized, but it's already in the world. Then what are you supposed to do after it's out there? So I guess I'm not blaming all of the authors for their reactions, but I think, gosh, reviews are for reviewers. If you're an author, I would try and stay away if possible. Mm -hmm. But yeah, there are some books that I definitely will just say, okay, I'm all set. So Renee, you bring up a really good point about authors and like Instagram and all that stuff, because what I do now, because I've had so many like awkward conversations with authors is if I think the review is negative in any aspect, I block the author now on my, my Instagram and I block them for like, like two or three weeks. And the reason why is because somebody always shares my posts and listen, I love when people share my reviews because, you know, I put a lot of thought into it and I really try to bring out like moments in the book or, or like aspects of the book that, you know, are important. Not just, I like the book. It was good. You yeah. Know? <laughs> we you try know? and be thoughtful. I try to be thoughtful. So I appreciate it, but then authors always see it. And I've had authors message me one being like, you know, I'm sorry you didn't like it. Hopefully you didn't like it. And don't say the name. I'm going to show you the book, but this author sent me a card and said, hopefully this is the one book you'll end up liking of mine personally. Oh, and, you know, so I've had awkward moments about that stuff. So now I block the authors. That has been really helpful 
because you know they don't need to see the negative reviews and I can feel comfortable being myself. And then I unblock them because 90% of the time, if it's a book that I'm negatively reviewing, I don't follow them. You know, I yeah. only follow authors that I know I like will love forever and like, you know, I stand, yes, I stand. So yeah. actually that being said, I also don't tag authors in reviews now unless I know that you can handle also negativity because I can post a five-star read and then someone comes in and goes, that book sucks. So <laughs> that's true. I've had authors message me saying like, thank you for not tagging me as well, because it does yeah. it's that level of protection, even though they follow me, that there's a level of protection where they don't have to worry mm-hmm. or get notified. Yeah. So that's been helpful. That's been some tricks that I've been doing that have really helped out. Well, now that everything's real, we don't have to worry because no one's going to see our stuff anyway. So. Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> whatever you want. And it's fine. Real, and 90% of reels, nobody's reviewing in them anyway. So. Exactly. Well, let's transition. I would love to hear some book recommendations yeah. that you have. So for latest reads, each of us are going to bring a couple of our latest reads that we wanted to share with everyone else. Dennis, you want to bring your first one? So I just finished when we were uh, bright and beautiful on audio. Um, mm-hmm. I really like that book. It was very interesting to read on audio because it is a slower paced novel and it's family saga, courtroom drama, very Me Too movement, synopsis vibes. I don't want to go mm-hmm. too more into that, but it worked. And, yeah. you know, I don't really like slower paced novels, but it worked really well. And um, so I just finished that one. I'm currently reading Look Closer by David Ellis. This is a book that Bookstagram has actually influenced me. I didn't get this book from the publisher, nor did I even know it existed. And bookstagrammers have been, you know, talking about it. And I'm like, I need to know more. And the synopsis is pretty vague. So I'm like, okay, let me pick it up. And I'm I'm already like 40% in. And I started this morning and I've been like sneaking away reading and like at the gym. I just did cardio today on the treadmill so then I can read on it. And, <laughs> you know, because I have the Kindle copy, I had a Bible just in case. So I'm reading that. I'm really enjoying it. Hopefully it doesn't spiral out of control. And then I have to come back and bash it with you guys. <laughs> Renee, did you bring it? I've already read it. I've read it. Yeah, I brought it. Did to you talk shot. about it on our show? Mm-hmm. Oh, I was like, well, how do I know I this book? See, <laughs> yeah. so, maybe read that's it. why. I've read did it. Did you like it? You did, right? Three, three and a half. Oh, but Renee, we don't always agree. So no, we'll we don't. No, it's fine. Yeah, we don't. So we, we'll we see. Have we'll a, see. We, I'm looking at a, you. I'm watching. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so um I also read Secluded Cabin Sleep Six. This doesn't come out until November. Lisa Unger. This book is definitely my favorite of hers. It was really good. It's a locked room mystery, which locked room mysteries are actually like my new thing for 2022. Like mm-hmm. I loved the what was it, the Paris apartment, the Lucy Foley book. Did you like that? Okay. That was my favorite one of hers too. I didn't really love her other ones because it's a very locked room mystery vibe. And I think that's kind of my thing. So that's, that's the two books that I've been reading like recently. And then I have some other reads. If you want me to go through really quickly, I have two that I finished last week, the, go pink, for it. the pink hotel. Um, I thought that book was extremely boring. I'm sorry. Like, I feel so bad, but like, it was so boring. Like it, had, it does have a great cover. The cover is immaculate. And this is the thing that drives me nuts because it's such a boring book. And I can't imagine being an editor very editor being like, let's give this person a ton of money to make a marketing budget for this cover. So I want to, I need you guys to interview somebody and figure out how the politics of that works because the cover is amazing and I'm keeping it for my end of the year, best covers of the year, which sucks because it's taking up space in my New York City apartment, but it's boring. <laughs> and then I read The Resemblance Pass. by Lauren Nossett. Apologies if, I, if I'm saying her name wrong. I think it's her debut. Um, it's like a fraternity mystery thing. It was pretty good. Ooh. It was pretty good. Mm-hmm. I had like drama growing up in college with the fraternity, so I wanted to read it. It's very anti-Greek life. So if you're in a sorority or fraternity and you're like still in love with them, it, you might be triggered. But I thought it was really pretty interesting. So those are my current reads and recent reads. I do love a campus novel. Like I love mm-hmm, a campus novel. Do. I'm always going to be interested. I was in a sorority, but it wasn't like a like. A, It's fine. I'm not like, I don't pledge allegiance to to them anymore. I'm not going to be offended. I definitely see the problematic aspects. And I can't say that I've read a book that had that like fraternity sorority life so prevalent. So I'd be interested to check that one out. When does that come out? Do you know? What was the the name of it? The The Resemblance? That comes out in November. Um, It's with Flatiron. They actually reached out to me, which is so funny because Flatiron and I don't really work that much together. And they reached out to me and I was literally on my top reads because I have like some like 
PTSD with the fraternity stuff. So I'm like, yeah. once I saw it, I'm like, Ooh, I want to read this and like hate these people all over again. <laughs> so when they messaged me about it, I'm like, yes, I want this. And yes, I'll read it now. So <laughs> absolutely, it, it was really good. The cover is gorgeous. So it is a are, really good cover. Yeah. I mean, I love any fall looking, autumn looking covers are amazing. All right. Mm-hmm. All right. I have a thriller. I have a, I have a backlist thriller. What's your Is this the one that broke you out of your reading slump? Well, maybe because I read it. Well, no, I read this last week. This was before last my week. Reading okay. Slump. Yeah. This Got was you. Okay. Reading slump. This, but I went back. This is a trusted author. My new, like a new trusted author. It is Suspicion by Joseph Finder. And like a month and a half or two months ago, I brought Judgment by him, which was my first read by him. This one I loved. This is totally in my wheelhouse. This was about a single father named Danny, and he finds himself in a situation. This is very Dean Koontz-like writing, where he puts an everyday guy into a situation and then just blows up his world. So... Danny has a a teenage daughter and she's in private school and she loves her private school. She's invested. His ex-wife, who was very close with his daughter, passes away. So he sets this up brilliantly because he wants to do what's best for his daughter. We know that. I love Danny. Immediately, like you're pulled in. Danny can't afford the private school. So one of his daughter's friends, her father says, He's very wealthy, super wealthy. And he says, I'll loan you the money. I want your daughter to stay in school because she's best friends with my daughter. I'm going to loan you $50,000 so that your daughter can stay in school. Like, consider it a favor to me. Well, as soon as that... That's suspicious. (laughs) As soon as that wire transfer goes through, the DEA comes knocking on his door and they say, you just accepted drug money and... You're now going to be an informant for us, or you're going to go to prison. The story goes. He is in such a pickle, <laughs> a very <laughs> suspenseful, because this regular guy was just trying to, you know, trying to find a, a, a way to pay for his daughter's private school. And from there, the story just goes. This is a fast paced cinematic story. And what I'm finding that um, after I Googled, his books are being made into screenplays. So I don't know if if they're in the works for movies, but I can totally see this. It was fast paced, start to finish, plenty of plot twists and turns along the way. The, you know me, Tina, um, I don't know if you know this about me, Dennis, but if you bring a cartel like the cartel into the story in some way, shape, or form, it it really adds suspense. And the cartel was brought in, and there's there's just a whole lot of like morally gray area to this thriller. I loved it. I listened to it. I do recommend the audio. So that was Suspicion by Joseph Finder. This is how I know. Like, I swear, I would totally be like, oh, you want to loan me this money? Awesome. Like, I would buy, I would believe him. that I would get caught up in something like this. Yeah. Now, don't try and scam me, guys, please. But I could, like, see, I honestly could see something like this happening in real life. Right, exactly. I mean, it sounds great. Drugs, violence, you know. Duress, like it sounds all family all drama. Well. Family, yeah. it's got everything. That does sound I'm really telling good. Telling you, it's. It, did I tempt you, Dennis? Yeah, it reminded me of one of those books that T.M. Logan wrote a couple of years ago. Do you remember? I don't know the name, but it kind of had like that whole having to like forge this Ooh. effort because they had to handle something with their family or something. I I haven't I read that author. I haven't lies. read that author. I think Trust it was lies. Me. Lies. It, it was one of them, but I don't know. Yeah, so. yeah. These this person has a lot of books. I don't know if they're male or female. All right. Well, let's take a hard left. Because <laughs> okay. Because are you, going, are you mine, taking okay. us into romance? Where are you taking us? I'm taking you into historical fiction. Okay. Sort of a feel good. My latest read is All the Lonely People by Mike Gale. And listen, this is a book I had to buy from Pango Books. I used some of my Pango Bucks on it because I read it. I loved it. I had to own it. And it's about Hubert. Hubert is a lonely octogenarian, and the highlight of his week are the weekly phone calls he gets with his daughter, who lives in Australia. He lives in the UK. He's super lonely, but he does not want her to know, so to pacify her, he basically makes things up. He created this picture-perfect retirement. There's friends. He's going on these outings, but he's really not. He's just sitting at home, not talking to anybody other than her once a week. 
And then the daughter says, great, I got a sabbatical from university. I'm coming to visit. And he panics because he's like, oh, gosh, I don't want her to know that I don't have any friends. He's embarrassed. And so he decides, all right, I'm going to try my best in these three months to make my real life resemble the fake life that I have been selling her. It sounds like it could be cheesy and saccharine, but what the author does so well is that he introduces Hubert when he was young. So we come to figure out who he is. He was a part of what's known as the Windrush Generation. So it's a label given to people arriving to the UK from Caribbean countries after the war to fill some of these job shortages. So we get introduced to Hubert when he's a young man, and he gets to the UK with his buddy Gus, and they start working and create this life in this new country, and they face racism, and they have to deal with missing their homeland, all sorts of different things. But what he did so well was I was equally invested in both timelines. Like, I never am that way. I'm always like, oh, bring me back to the present or bring me back to the past. This one, I liked both of them. And I, okay, this sounds silly, but the, the whole premise of this book is to connect with your neighbor, put yourself out there. And I found myself, I was at the grocery store in checkout. And usually I just like listen to my audiobook. I'm like, whatever. But I started talking about gardening with this cashier. And we were like going back and forth, like having this lovely exchange. And I'm like, I'm telling you it's because of this book. Aww. Because he, it like encourages you to talk to people and like take a beat and not just be so in your own head. Anyway, I really, really liked this book. People call him a curmudgeon, and I take umbrage with that. I don't think he was a curmudgeon. I think he was just lonely. Like, he wasn't a jerk like some, you know, older people can be in in literature. I just thought he was really lonely. And he had some super tough things happen to them. And I love that we slowly find out. It's not like the author just delivers all this to in the very beginning. You don't know what's going on. And there's also a little bit of a love story. We come to find out who he married and all of these things. Hubert really worked his way into my heart, and he's one of my all-time favorite characters. I am so surprised. Like, I thought this was—I actually picked this for my In Real Life book club, and I was like, it'll be cute. It'll be fine, whatever. This is depth. I really liked it. I highly recommend it. This was All the Lonely People by Mike Gale. I know exactly what book that is. I know exactly what book is. It's like got a little guy. He's not little. He's a man on the front. He's like got a little straw hat on. There's a cat in his lap because he has a cat. It's a very, very good book. Like I really, really enjoyed it. Anyway. (laughs) Well, I love when a fiction book can inspire you to do something in your everyday life Mm -hmm. differently. All right. Okay. So my next book, I guarantee if either one of you have heard of this, I am going to fall on the floor. It's Bluff by Michael Cardos. Don't go on the floor, but I don't know. All right. Okay, I gotcha. This came out in 2018. I hadn't heard of it, but I was doing a little favorite narrator browsing. Julia Whalen narrates this. I like to go and check my favorite narrator's backlist to see what might catch my eye. I don't know about you guys, but I actually love stories that have anything to do with Casinos and gambling. And Renee, segue before you keep going. I love that you love cartels, casinos, <laughs> gambling. Um, yeah. it, I'm really seeing a different side of you that I'm really I know. Enjoying. I really literally Renee I, is like the most like put together, like kind of, you know, thoughtful person I know. But the books that she likes, casinos, killers, I what do. else do you like? The cartel. I, I know I this like, is a big one. I don't it sounds really bad. I don't like the cartel. I th- I've explained this like before. I fear the I fear the cartel. They're one of my biggest fears in life. But I do like casinos, guys. Something you don't know about me, probably. I do like casinos. I do like to play blackjack. I do like the slot machines. I just don't like to lose my money. So um, <laughs> I want to win. <laughs> I want to win. That's my preference. But I am fascinated by the life, like what goes on inside of casino. So this is about 27-year-old Natalie Webb, and she's a magician. Now, I'm not crazy about magic, but I do like a story of a magician. She is a card trick prodigy, and she started touring doing sleight of hand and card tricks when she was 17. She's now 27. She took first place at the World of Magic when she was 18. So she kind of peaked, and she's been trying to catch that stardom ever since. However, there has been a scandal in the magic world, and she has been shunned. So she is living alone with her pigeons, 
Kind of which I what love. What is this book? I she love it. Li- Scandal in the Magic World. I'm telling Drama. you, she has the she has pigeons, which she loved. I loved Natalie. I immediately loved Nat- Natalie. She has overdue bills. This is set in New Jersey too, so this is Atlantic City casinos. All right, it's not Vegas; it's Atlantic City. And she needs extra cash. She decides that she's going to write a feature magazine article on the art of cheating at cards. And she legitimately wants to write this article. However, in her research, she comes across some people who are very good at what they do, which is cheating at poker. So in the course of deciding to write this article and doing her research, she ends up finding herself with a proposition by someone to help pull off a $1.5 million magic trick in a poker game. I'm going to leave it at that because it is a brilliant story as far as the way it is laid out, the supporting characters, her sidekick she ends up picking up, and the behind the scenes of poker and the cons. I had no idea that this was going on in the world of poker. So I don't know how easy it would be, but he sure made it seem like this was very doable. So you have to read it. This one in directions I did not predict. I loved it. This was super fun from start to finish. And the author, who I had never heard of, got his MFA from Ohio State. So, I mean, between that and Julia Whalen, this was a perfect fit for me. And it was only 280 pages, so su- so short, fast. I loved it. It was Bluff by Michael Cardos. I'm really intrigued. And I didn't think I would be when you started that whole story. So <laughs> Right? I'm like, yeah. You, I'm, I'm like, like pigeons? Yeah, it went from <laughs> pigeons to like, you know, it was good. It's straight psychological suspense. Because you think you're presented with a story and he will flip it on your head. And there are people, you know, we love, we all love con and revenge type of stories. And that's exactly what this was, like kind of presented in a, in a different way than what we're used to reading. Good. Well, let me give you my last book. And this one, gosh, Renee actually introduced it to me and I Mm. forgot that she talked about it first and I like brought it. I said, Hey, I'm reading this book. She's like, Right. I told you about it. Anyway, it's the fourth. <laughs> this happens all the time. I have a really bad memory for titles, and I, I forget that she is the one who brought it first. But it, it's The Force of Such Beauty by Barbara Borland. Oh, yeah. I love this cover. It's stunning. This book is about Caroline. She is a world-class marathoner who literally was the best marathoner in the world at one point. She dropped out of school when she was 14 to pursue Olympic gold. And then she undergoes a catastrophic injury that ends her career. And so she gets sent to this Lux rehab center thanks to her sponsors. And while she's there, she meets Finn, who's also recovering from an injury. And he is a handsome prince from a small European kingdom. And we immediately find out that not all that glitters is gold because the book opens with her failed attempt at escaping the kingdom. She's a total fish out of water. She did not go to school after age 14. So she's not very worldly. She's thrown into this place where everyone's trying to manipulate her. And she was like a sitting duck, basically. She's smart enough to know that they're using her and that her only job is to procreate and to produce heirs and to stay silent. And she wants out, but the chances of that are super slim because it's like, how does she get out? This has a lot going on. It's a domestic suspense. It's a fable. It turns a fairy tale on its head. There's also a little bit of mystery, and I got super invested, mainly because it is so well-written. The author is super talented. I would not read anything by her before, but she's so good. And she based this on real-life princesses who allegedly wanted to escape their kingdoms. I love the way the story was told. And it was one I was desperate to finish because I wanted to see how it would all end. It's about what lies beneath in the monarchy and what all needs to happen in order for people to remain in power for many, many centuries. I really liked Caro. She was sympathetic and, and written in a way where you weren't ever sure what was going on. Like, is this happening? Is something up with her mental health? What is happening? It was sad. She was a sad character, and she was continually just wishing that she could chase this high from when she was the best runner in the world. If you're an athlete, I think you will definitely understand her. The book is also set in an interesting time during the early 2000s, during the recession. And so 
it was interesting. It almost lost me, though, because there was a ton of business talk I didn't really care about. But I will say it still was really good. This is a rare book recommendation for me where I say the print is way better. I did not enjoy the narrator's male voice. Mm-hmm. Like, the way that she was doing male voices didn't do it for me. I did love how everything came together, and I think this book will stick with me for a while. It is The Force of Such Beauty by Barbara Borland. Oh, good. All right. I'm glad that worked for you. It worked really well for me. Ernie, I don't know if you'd love it. Um, I think you'd dig it, but I I don't know if it would be like your cup of tea. Okay. It's definitely not my mood yeah. lately or anytime soon. So especially heading into fall. So, but I mean, it sounds good. Yeah, it was great. I recommend it, but like knowing your taste, I'm like, eh, Dennis, no, it's not for you. Yeah, no, when you're you talking, I'm like, when you're talking, I'm just like, it sounds fine, you know. I'm yeah, sure there's yeah. an audience there, but I'm not that audience. That you're but, not that audience, exactly. You know, each his own. Um, I will say Renee's, you know, magic thing was actually interesting. So I literally, will say she, she stole me. She got me good. to the magic side. So All right. Mm-hmm. All right. Renee's the best. I'll, I'll admit, I'll seed the crown. Renee's the best recommender. She finds these books. Oh, I'm like, where stop. the hell did you come up with this? I don't, I don't have any clue <laughs> in life where you've heard of this book. I, you know... I have my strengths and I have my my audience, but I definitely think Renee. Every time we record, I'm like, yeah, that sounds good. I <laughs> I want to read that one now too. Yeah, totally. But I'm sure it's a great book, Tina. I'm sure it's an amazing. <sighs> Whatever. Book. I'm gonna go yeah. cry. <laughs> Tina, you are so good at. You're doing great, sweetie. You're doing you great, are. sweetie. Thank you. I needed that. I needed no, something. You are. You are. All right, Dennis. What's your shelf edition? So my shelf edition is The Lost Kings by Tyrell Johnson. Earlier, I was talking about like a locked cat industry being my 2022 vibe. And it sounds like this one is kind of the same way where the main characters are stuck in a cabin in rural Washington. There's an alcoholic father. There's a ton of like crazy drinking and sleeping with married folks. And, you know, this is stuff that I live for. So I'm curious (laughs) to see what's more about it. I don't want to go too deep because obviously I'm not a great, you know, synopsis. Summarizer. Summarizer. Thank you. See, I don't have a great way with speaking. I always joking, jokingly say I don't speak English. I speak Long Island. So, um, <laughs> no, it's really good. I'm really excited for it, you know? His other work was an apocalyptic novel, The Wolves of Winter. So oh. I'm curious to see if this has any elements of that kind of setting in this book. I have no idea about it. I wanted to read it forever, and I ended up buying it at Barnes & Noble two days ago. So I'm really excited. Oh, it's out already. Yeah. Well, Barnes and Noble is like shady. So sometimes they'll put things out early. So yeah, they do. I don't know. I don't know if it's out yet, but it's out on Barnes and Noble. So (laughs) (laughs) no, it is out because you know what? This must be book serendipity because I got an email last night from my library that said The Lost Kings was ready for pickup. And I was like, I don't even know what that is, but obviously I've reserved it. So I, I went and picked it up today and I, I was like, I don't even remember reserving this. And then I read the cover and the, the jacket cover and I was like, oh, this sounds so good. And then I grabbed the audio on Penguin Random House. So... It, all right. Well, fine. You can bring it to the show. All right. Yeah, I mean, over here. What a show I don't. Over here. She's like, she's like, I can call my boxes. Uh, I, I have this new book, and she's like, well, I was two weeks ago, and I got the audio book. It's very Penelope from SNL right now. Oh, she's showing me up. No, I'm, I'm, I'm with you, Dennis. I'm on board with you. Well, if you get to, if you get to it before I do, please tell me if it's worth it. I think you know my reading tastes to know that if you like it or don't like it, you know if I don't. Mm-hmm. Okay. You're, well, you're know, probably so. going to get to it before me. You're, yeah. I mean, I think it's my I next want, one. But <laughs> let's. I know. That's what, okay. So I'll be so, waiting yeah. to hear your thoughts. I will totally be waiting. All right, Tina, what do you have? So my shelf edition is The Couple at Number Nine by Claire Douglas. And this is a book I'm so excited for. I was like, surely Renee has already brought this. I had to text her and say, did you bring this to the show? Because I don't know. Because it sounds like one that you would really like. It's about Saffron and Tom. And I'm not sure about the name Saffron. No offense. But um, and Saffron and Tom are a, a lovely couple and they move to a new place. And the last thing they expect to find are the skeletons of two dead bodies in their new place. And forensics indicates the bodies have been dead for over 30 years. Bakrin Saffron's grandmother owned the place. Could grandma be the culprit? She is in a memory care facility now, but it is clear she knows something. 
What happened 30 years ago? Are they in danger now? And it uses flashbacks to tell the story. I love historical mysteries like this. It reminded me a little bit of the setup for a book called Dreamland Burning by Jennifer Latham, where they find these bones and then it kind of works backward to figure out like who's in the ground. I think I'm getting a little bit of that vibe. Plus, I really like the cover for this. Um, I think it came out in August or it comes out in August. This is The Couple at Number Nine by Claire Douglas. Okay, interesting. I've heard really good things about it. So I have not yes. read it. I've heard really good things. Okay. I heard it's a slower paced read. So the person that I was speaking with said I probably wouldn't like it, but I heard that Got everyone it. else likes it. But I'm actually, it's on my TBR as well. Um, I'm telling you right now, I don't know anything, but I'm not trusting Saffron. Like saffron, no, I don't trust her. I'm not trusting her, so I'm just saying. All right, all but, right, you're calling it. <laughs> but it sounds really good. I've been seeing it pop up everywhere now. So let me know yeah. if you end up getting to it. And I sh- I'm curious to see what you think. I definitely will. All right, guys. My shelf edition. I I debated, but I am I am going to go with a 2023 release. <gasps> Oh, I know. I didn't know, but it sounds so far away, but you know, it's, it's going to come. So it is What Lies in the Woods by Kate Alice Marshall. Comes out January 17th, 2023. I think this is clearly a mystery thriller. This is about two girls. They were 11 when they sent a killer to prison. They were considered heroes. But they were liars. So cut to present day, and you have Naomi Shaw. And 22 years ago, she and her two best friends, Cassidy and Olivia, spent the summer roaming the woods, imagining a world of ceremony and wonder. They played a game called the goddess game. But the summer ended suddenly when Naomi was attacked She miraculously survived 17 stab wounds and lived to identify the man who had hurt her. The girl's testimony ended up putting away a serial killer wanted for murdering six women, and they were automatically heroes, but they were liars. And for decades, the friends have kept a secret worth killing for. But now, one of them wants to tell, and... Another one sets out to find out what really happened in the woods, no matter how dangerous the truth turns out to be. So that was What Lies in the Woods by Kate Alice Marshall. One more thing we can add to Renee's list of loves is the woods. Like if there's a book with a person who is in the woods, I near love- the woods, looking at the woods, Renee's like, all right. So she um, needs she needs she needs a book that is a cartel member gambling in the middle in the of woods. The in the woods. Now you in the woods. Sign us up. And if so. anybody is and if anybody gets sent to prison and they were possibly innocent, mm-hmm. y- that's yes. another. Yeah. That's another one. Yeah, okay. I'm gonna have to find some books that um that are outside of my wheelhouse because I'm being too predictable. It's okay. We all have them. I'm <laughs> apparently in locked room mysteries. I love mm-hmm. when people drink too much and sleep with married folks because I know that if that happened with us. <laughs> I would I would be the villain in that book. So, you know, we we've yeah. we've all been there. So I I get it. I get your tropes, so don't worry. Mine is if it's weird and kind of slow and probably not for everyone. I'm like, I loved it. No, Tina, you like a campus novel. That's what I know about you. That's I do what like I know you novel. love. You love a mm-hmm. campus novel. But I, I do, do think that's you a have, good one. You have a wider variety of book reading choices than I do. I just want someone to recommend me a thriller I'll like. I want a thriller that's good. I haven't, that was published in 2022. No, no, that right there. No, right there. No, right there. You just, why can't it be before 20? Why can't it be a backlist? No, no, I want a 2020. Because I know there's good backlist. I want to read one that's current. Because like Dennis said in the beginning, weren't you listening? He said, it's all been done. He said 2022. Summer sucks. Dennis has a wreck. What is it? Okay, hold one? on. Yeah, I have a whole list of my favorite thrillers. Okay, I'll give you a good one. Like a Sister by Kelly Garrett. Mm-hmm. That's on my holds list. Okay, Real Easy. I forgot the author's name. Uh, I like that one a lot. Um, okay. Real Easy. I, re- yeah, I you recommended read that, that a while ago. Yeah. Uh, the Last Housewife by Ashley Winstead. That one is very dark, and mm-hmm. there's a lot of triggers in it. But that is actually one of my favorite books of the year. I love trauma. So, I mean, that's really weird to say, but 
I love trauma yeah. books and like that one covers trauma and really handles it well without really like making it into like a, like a show of itself. So mm-hmm. that was something I really liked. Um, and then Lisa I like that one new too. book is coming out. And if you read yes. her book, The Family Upstairs, the new one mm-hmm. is really good as well. So, okay, I can't but, wait. It, but it's one All of those right. books that if you didn't read Family Upstairs, there's no way that you're going to be able to enjoy this one. I would never. I'm, I definitely read The Family Upstairs. I'm definitely going to be going to. I'm reading her next one soon. Thank you for those recommendations. I'm yeah. telling you. And I think the ones that I haven't read, I think I'll like because the ones that I've read on that list, I did enjoy. So I feel like you're you're on to something. Dennis, thank you so much for being here today. We had so much fun. I, I truly feel like we could just like, well, we have sat and chit-chatted. We stood, stayed out way too long the one time we did meet in person. So I know we could definitely make this last for at least a couple more hours. Do us a favor. Where can our listeners find you? So you can find me at Scared Straight Reads on both Instagram and Goodreads. So, you know, Instagram.com at Scared Straight Reads or goodreads.com at Scared Straight Reads. I post both my reviews there. I usually just copy and paste them from both. So yeah. if you don't have an Instagram account, you can go to Goodreads. If you want to see my really savage reviews, go to Goodreads. If you want to just <laughs> see, you know, more of a, you know, normal person view, you can go to my bookstagram. So yeah. those are the two places you can find me at. Fabulous. Thank you. That's it for today. We thank you for spending a part of your day with us. Links to all the books mentioned can be found in the show notes. And if you enjoyed today's episode, you can help us by following us wherever you listen and by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. It truly helps us get our show out to new listeners and grows our audience. And don't forget, if you would like access to exclusive bonus content, you can join us for $5 a month on patreon.com slash booktalk, etc. Feedback and questions about the show can be sent to booktalketc at gmail.com. You can also connect with us both at booktalketc on Instagram, Tina at TBR, etc., and me, Renee, at It's Book Talk. Talk to you next week. In the meantime, remember, everything's better with books. I know. She's so sick of Zoom. All right. Good night, my love. No, Ben. Yes, Ben. No one. No one sleep. That's too bad. No, no Ben for Lily. Go take your milky.